yourself, what do you call it when your dreams have all died? And what do you call it when every breath's a sigh? And what do you call it when you just can't go on? And you wish in the end would come sooner. Well, I pondered a question and I looked at the time And I said, well, it's 12 p.m. So let's call in a dooner Hey everybody, welcome to the Nooner Podcast on the Spawnco Internet Radio Network. I hope you can hear this on the streaming. I know that there were some issues with the stream, but if you uh, are tuning in late, thank you for doing this. Uh, thank you for trying to stream, listen to our stream. Um, we are on, uh, we're broadcasting on uh, remotely today because it, it's raining a little bit, and so we we're deathly afraid of being on the on the roads right john oh wait hold on i realized i didn't turn on um there there's something key that i had to do to um to include john in in this podcast and that would be to uh turn his shit on um hey it's like i did this for the first time yeah so so what you're saying is that you tried to do the podcast without me, oh, and that that was your plan. That was your plan, and then and then you realized I have to press this red button, and you're gone. You're gone. Oh yeah. So I, it, are you saying that I have to be nice to you, or that you have to be nice to me? I'm just saying I'm wielding a fair amount of power. I am the power broker in this relationship tonight. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, so you know, you know who's, what Stan Lee said about great power makes you shitloads of money. No, he said with great power comes great responsibility. Oh, I never heard that, John. Wow. You know, you know, you know. What's funny is that he said that first before he did anything. No, no, no. First it's, words it's, out it's, of his mouth. It's just a quote. It's a quote, and people say, "Oh, that's not from Stan." No, that actually is originally from Stan Lee. It's you know, it's from Uncle Ben in in. Uh, in, uh, oh, so it was from Uncle Ben, not Stan Lee. Uncle Ben is a character, and Stan Lee wrote it. Don't be, don't be obtuse on purpose. You're obtuse enough without trying. Oh my God! Yeah, I know. It started. It's already started. So you, hey, you said it's, so it's welcome, raining. Welcome to the kettle and pot show. <laughs> I'm a lot of things, but I'm not obtuse. Um, but you certainly are kettle, and I certainly. I am. Pot. You know what? You know what? Usually you're cute. <laughs> you're you're really cute right now. All right. Welcome to the show, everybody. Uh, we do this show, and we're really grateful for anybody who listens. Uh, Dozens of listeners. Uh, yes. Uh, unfortunately, we're not streaming tonight, but uh, sorry, JP. Sorry, Tyson. Uh, we're going to get to your uh, um, emails. If you want to email us anytime, noonerpodcast at gmail.com. That's the best way to to get heard on the show uh, because I'm really bad at multitasking. And by that, I mean, single tasking. Um, and, and I, and I don't, I don't do anything. Well, that's not true. You, you provide, uh, well, I mean, wait, 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 I, wait, I could wait, be wait, checking I'm trying to think, Twitter. I'm trying to think you provide, um, you, 
Yeah, you can't think of anything, can you? No, 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 no. You interrupt me. So, as I was saying, John, that's your cue. As oh, I'm I was sorry. Saying, Jesus. I'm sorry. I thought I'd, I thought I'd slack off a little bit. Oh, man. See, oh, man, now you're doing it wrong. Uh, I'm doing it wrong again. Hey, John. Yeah. Like in the past week or so, or actually just today, Biden announced uh, an executive order. order. Pr- President Joseph R. Biden, what, what's R? Ribbit, 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 ribbit. I think his middle name is Ribbit. Ribbit, 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 ribbit. It's Ribbit. It's Robin. It's Robinette. But let's call him Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Yeah, Ribbit, ribbit, ribbit. Um, Biden, he announced an executive order ask uh, demanding stricter background checks for guns i don't know oh really yeah i don't know all the details and then uh he also announced some drilling for oil in alaska after saying we're not going to do drilling Uh um he's selling a nuclear sub to australia to promote um peace in the uh whatever the anzac asiatic um waterways just call it the Pacific or whatever. Oceana, right? Oceana, yeah. And uh, he's also um, led this, not quite bailout, but there was a the 16th largest bank uh, failed over the uh, at the end of last week, uh, Silicon Valley Bank. Um, 16, 16th largest bank, a couple hundred billion dollars. I'm just, why wouldn't you call it a bailout? Uh, because it it was not a bailout. It was It's being paid for by... Uh, insurance that's different from bailout well they're paying more than the fdic insurance they're paying sure, for all of the deposits but it's coming from that insurance fund it's not coming from government uh from like treasury oh okay uh, yeah so whether it's a bailout it depends on where the money comes from sure yeah uh okay. yeah and and he'd also said that the investors who invested unwisely in this company would not get in this bank would not get a bailout. It was the depositors. So yeah. So the FDIC, by the way, for everyone who, who doesn't know, uh, is a is an insurance, a government-run insurance company that pays up to two hundred and fifty thousand um, dollars to to cover the losses if a bank fails. They're pretty confident, or at least the people I heard from on the news, a bunch of lefty jerks, uh, said that they would be able to cover that money without going you know without uh gouging out that uh that fund i don't know all the particulars but my point is like that's a lot of shit for a president to do in a week um and and at the same time you know he's fighting a weekend it was a weekend weekend and and he's he's supporting a a a more proxies in a war with russia uh Mm -hmm. we're still dealing with china stuff all this other stuff is going on uh, he he's doing a budget fight right now where he's announced uh, a huge tax increase for the wealthiest point half percent or whatever. Like basically million millionaires are um, getting tax or, or he's proposing a tax to help pay for a short fund in Medicare. Um, yeah. So my question is, is is he a good president? What, what do you think of how would you rate him? How would you rate him as a president? Oh my God! So he does all that in in uh, the past week, and you're asking me if if he's a good president? Yeah. Wow. I, I, I'm I'm just wondering what you how what you think of him as is he effective? Is he is he just posturing? Is he? Uh... Uh, well, no. I uh, let's see. Um, 
Well, there's so many different ways that you can you can judge uh, a president. But right? I, want, I want to know the way you judge this president. Do I, I how, do I how about whether I think he's doing a good job? Because compared to other presidents, there are other presidents who I think uh, were better at being president. I don't think I don't think he's a particularly inspiring leader slash speaker. Um, I, but I think he is a he's I think my sense is that he's a decent man. Um, my sense is that uh, he knows how to maneuver things um, so that because um, he spent 90 years in the Senate. Yeah, he, he spent he's been in he, I think he was at one point the youngest senator. Um, and he's been around Washington for a really long time, and he kind of knows how things work. Um, so I think that uh, he's sort of effective that way. But the thing is, uh, I don't think he comes across as particularly um, a great leader. Um, I don't. Think, way, I don't think he. Which is part of being a president, right? You want to convey. Yes, exactly. You want to convey a sense of authority and calm yeah. and all that stuff, but and leadership, yeah. like like for instance, I was just thinking about this uh, in my lifetime. Probably um, my my favorite president um, was probably Obama. My second favorite president was probably um, Jimmy Carter. Uh, who, um, who's about to pass away? He's in hospice care right now. He's in his um, his he's what, in 96? hospice care. Ma, 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 Mary, sorry, I'm having a senior moment. All right, hey, we had our senior moment this early, <laughs> like five minutes in. That that's a record. That's a record, John. Yeah. So uh, Jimmy Carter is in hospice care, and you just willed him to be dead. So that's great. Well, no, I mean, if, okay, I think Cruz not here, or he he died during the podcast. The definition of hospice care is is like the final care where they're not going to do medical interventions because you're mm -hmm. going to they like it's accepted that you're going to die. So my point was that uh, he. I think he was a very, very good man, but at one point in his presidency, and the reason that he, uh, he one of the many reasons he lost was he, he gave this speech about a malaise in America, which was probably, um, which was accurate, but it's not a good idea for the leader of the country to point out that the country is in kind of a, a fog. You so, want to point out that the country is uh, always getting better and the the um, you know, we have an optimistic. If you think optimistically, things will tend to be better off than if you think pessimistically. But you don't want to lie to the American people, which is the. Oh, well, I wait, think wait, I, I let think me just let, me, let, me, let, me, let me finish this point to right. to the you don't want to lie in, in a way that is nonproductive. So, for example, um, you know what ex-president Trump was saying over the weekend about the bailout and saying it was because of um, all sorts of reasons, except for the, the fact that he uh, helped deregulate the the um, what banks need to present to to uh, um, to like. So they're not overextended, you know, so he relaxed uh -huh. he relaxed those rules, but he didn't accept any sort of responsibility for that. So if, if you are lying for it, it depends on the purpose of your lie. All presidents lie. You're absolutely right. And and Biden, Obama, uh, on down the line, they've all lied to us to some degree or another. But uh, to what end is, is it? 
Is it um, selfish? Is it uh, just for self-aggrandizement? Uh, for sure. I don't think any president who has been um, inaugurated in the past centuries is uh, anything but a huge egomaniac. Um, but that doesn't mean they can't also be good people at the same time. Okay. Well, wouldn't you agree? Well, you know, just sometimes you say such a number of vast sweeping generalizations in, in a space of two sentences that I, I just, I feel like I, I'm drowning. So I, I guess wow. I'm just going to agree with you. No, I mean, that's a, it's an incredibly passive-aggressive thing to say, John. Uh, I think that was also kind of a vast generalization. Okay, well, but see... I don't think it was passive-aggressive. I think it was pretty aggressive. All right, John. Just just say what you... Like, look at this. This is a podcast about being able to have a discussion about things. And yeah, I know. I'm sorry, Marty. I, mean, I just... I, I I'm just trying to make fun of you, and uh, I thought it would be funny. Yeah, I won't. Do, I won't do it anymore. You can make fun of me, but uh, you know, just. I'm so I, I just I just get confused when I should make fun of you and when I shouldn't. No, so you, uh, like just do it. Just as long as you're funny, it's fine. All um, right. Yeah. All right. Um. Well, uh, I first of all, I don't think I don't think that most presidents lie all the time. I think that by, nece by necessity, leaders have to um, uh, not tell the, the complete truth. That but is I also the definition think... of lying. No, no, that's that's actually not the definition of I was, lying. I was uh, agreeing with you, John. When no, you but... said, like, all presidents, you said, like, you know, presidents lie all the time is what you said. And... Yeah, but you, you went on to say that they lie all the time, like, like, you said it. You said it. You said all the time, like more stronger than I did. I, I was yes, and you, John, just like work with me here. Like so, <laughs> Jesus Christ! It's like dealing with like, uh, anyhow. I know Jay Carney personally. Jay Carney. Nobody knows who Jay Carney is. Like, Jay Carney. Let me explain who he is. Years and press years Secretary ago, to President Obama for five years, personal friend of mine i you know i'm well connected when was the last Carney time you saw said, him what when was the last time you saw him i saw him last year oh nice and uh jay uh said that the most important part outside of his job of was was what he was outside of a ralph's um no i don't know what he, what is he doing these days oh uh he's working for some think tank i'm sure uh, Jay Carney, by the way, was the the uh, press secretary for Obama for five years, correct? Yeah, I think it was press secretary for five years. The first five years, he used to be he used to be on um, he used to be a writer for the Washington Post or the New York Times or oh, something. Very good looking white dude, right? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Um, he's 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 a good looking guy. <laughs> he's a real nerd. Um, <laughs> And he by said, the way, he said, a fan of the show until now. Yeah, he just hung up. Um, so he said he said basically that the, the most important part of the job is to not lie. Of his job was to not lie. And I think that I think that um that president actually that he does have to lie at some point, you know. No, but I think I think that uh, well what he said was you wanna you wanna make sure you're not lying, 
And so sometimes you don't know about things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes you're, you're not told things, so you don't have to lie. Because if the press secretary lies knowingly, then they have no credibility. Like, for instance, the size of the crowd at the inauguration in your first press conference. Yeah. Not to, like, use uh, your example Spicer. of using Trump as an example as an example. Well, I, I would say that if, especially in this day of gotcha journalism, if you ever express doubt or anything slightly negative towards America, or if you have any sort of answer that's nuanced, it becomes twisted in a way that uh, is not, um, it just turns in, into a soundbite that gets propagated across the, whatever side of the aisle you are on in that media sphere. And that's, in that sense, these press secretaries have to phrase everything in a very deliberate way that often results in lying. I mean, Jen Psaki, I think, who was uh, Biden's press secretary for the first two years, she's fantastic. And, you know, she had to say things that were uh, were not like were v sort of danced around a, a, a nuanced, interesting answer because she knew how um, how predatory the press pool is. Right. Yeah. And so in that sense, that's why I say, like, I'm I don't have a problem that presidents lie all the time because because of this environment that we're in. And but I, I guess what I'm saying, Marty, is I'm trying to retract my statement that they lie all the time because I don't believe that they actually lie all the time. They just don't tell us the complete truth all the time. Sure. And okay. they try try to not put themselves in situations where they have to answer questions where they would either have to lie or prevaricate or something like that because it's not it's not a good idea now there are some presidents in fact i can think of two um who um tended to uh lie almost all the time one of them um pretty much everything that comes out of his mouth was a lie and there, and, and yet there's about 30 percent of the population of this country that thinks that he's the only person who tells the truth and of course i'm talking about fdr um, I'm talking about FDR. I'm talking about Donald Trump. Um, but uh, getting back to Biden, I think I think Biden's doing uh, as good a job as he can leading this divided country. I think he's doing a pretty good job. Uh, aside um, from his personality and his leadership, quote, you know, whatever. Well, like I don't think his, he's his terrible. His, I don't think wait, he's wait, terrible. Aside from his leadership skills that you find lacking and and any sort of posturing um, in terms of actual acts, what has he done that you think is, has, was a misstep or was incorrect? Was a misstep? Well, uh, let's see. Um, and I'm asking I, this of John because he watches a shitload of news on all sides, so. Well, I don't know if I would character, I, 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 I have a job where I'm looking at the news screens. I'm not listening to what they're saying. Um, and I'll tell you, that doesn't give me, that, that only give, makes me feel contempt for television news. It doesn't give me any information. That's fine. That's fine. And, it's, and, and my contempt goes really strongly towards Fox News and MSNBC and slightly less towards CNN and a lot less towards BBC. <laughs> um, but um, 
my uh, the, there's a couple things that I think that uh, just a couple things that come to mind because I don't really pay attention to uh, or understand why uh, what exactly um, Biden is. I don't keep track, but I think that I think that it was a mistake to. Um, and I was talking to my son about this. I think it was a mistake to say that we would absolutely not have uh, not go to war over Ukraine. I think that it's a good idea not to. And I, I just think, don't think, because uh, and this is based on something I heard um, Kissinger say uh, in a book or something that around the same time when I went, oh, that's a good point. And Kissinger wasn't reacting to Biden. Henry Kissinger, he said, basically, you can't, if the good guys say they will not go to war, then the bad guys um, who will go to war will win. So you have to reserve the um, reserve the right to go to war. So saying that you're just not going to use um, war uh, uh, against Russia is I, I just feel like that was like but maybe he's lying. No, Marty, what I'm saying, I, I'm trying. I, I don't think he lies. No, oh well, I I think intention is everything, you know. So, I just think I think that he I think that he uh, he should have said, uh, uh, in in uh, uh, we will resist the uh, any any efforts at at uh, violence as much as we possibly can, but yeah. we reserve the right to anything. Yeah, but people like absolutes. Like when he said, "No more drilling," I mean it. And that was part of his campaign speech. And then he just signed new drilling things. I don't think he was lying. I think his intention is, is, uh, is are good. But the fact is we need to have multiple sources of energy to, in order to get to stay afloat. And we can't switch over to, to all renewables now. And that is a very difficult sort of thing to say on a debate stage. You know, that, that is my point. Is that like I don't mind if because you're trying to achieve a grand goal, and that sometimes like the the your image and the way the the press cycle works works against you when you're trying to do a grand long term goal. That's that's all. I'm not saying that uh, like I'm not saying he that p politicians are bad. I'm just saying that you know he he it's the nature of the job. But anyhow, uh, Henry Kissinger is, guess how old he is? Uh, 98? 99. 99. I missed his birthday. Luftballons. Uh, well, whatever. You know, he's, he was, uh, do you want to explain to the younger people what a, um, a shit he was? Well, uh, he's <clears throat> very, very brilliant. Um, man and uh, completely uh, amoral. And he was the national security advisor under Nixon, um, and he was the uh, then became the Secretary of State under Nixon and Gerald Ford um, during he, the Vietnam War. During the Vietnam War, he brokered um, the opening up of relationships relations between the United States and the People's Republic of China. How that worked um, out? Um, how did that work out? I got an well, iPhone. We, we stopped. Ignoring a billion people, which I think you know, in the no, no, in the no. short term and long term, and I got a bunch of cheap electronics. So, yeah, but no. they're not cheap enough for you to get a new computer. No, that that's no, I I can get a new one. It's just really really cheap. 
It is cheap. Oh, I thought you got like really, really cheap used ones. No, I get really, really cheap new ones when I should would be better off if I got really, really cheap used ones. Uh, yeah. So and and he was responsible for a lot of deaths. Would you say that is true or not true? Well, uh, to be honest, I would say that um, the person who's really responsible when the United States kills people, if one person is is the executive who's in charge because they make the final decisions. And so he was partially responsible for helping uh, other people make sure that order people to be killed. Ah, okay. So I would say that. I think that, I, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I was, I've been listening to his so you're, book, you're, Diplomacy. You're, you're a Kissinger apologist. I get it. Uh, well, I just don't, I just don't think he's as, as, the worst thing that's ever happened. It's just, you know, close. I guess I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I would say this. I disagree. This is what I said to my son. I totally disagree with his point of view about the world. But if I listen to him, I say, ah, that's how an intelligent person came to that point of view. And it seems like that makes a lot of sense to me. So I would say he is a very, very smart, very calculating person. He believes very strongly in um, uh, in behaving in in uh, the national interests, and it doesn't and morality and things like that, and those kinds of concerns are not at all uh, interesting to him. And so he, what who was Allende? Who was the 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 guy the guy that they they got rid of in Argentina? It, was it Argentina? Allende. Yeah. Yeah, Allende um, was the most, he was one of the only two people who's gotten a standing ovation at the United Nations. He was one of the greatest leaders ever. And um, uh, Nixon and Kissinger got rid of him because he uh, wasn't, he was a friend with um, uh, Castro. Ah, yeah. And he was friendly with Castro. He wasn't even like, and they put in one of the the uh, the worst people ever. Let's see, who was it? I'm looking it up now. Oh, it's like, um, it's like I like how you. <clears throat> we wouldn't have known that when you're like, um. Yeah, you know, I don't think I don't uh, think it was Allende I'm talking about. Uh, no, I'm not because Peron is from Argentina. Oh. No, we're talking about we're talking about the guy who ended up in Spain and had to be. Uh, Franco? No. Franco no. was a fascist in Spain. Uh, okay. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, we're a history podcast, and we're not very accurate about it, but we don't really care because we have opinions, no. and we're, we're men. We're straight yeah. men, and we believe in um, our emotions. Our stridency is much stronger than truth, than our truth. Yeah. And so, fuck y'all uh, if you don't agree with us. Right, John? Uh, that's right. And also, uh, oh, yeah, it, it it was Chile, and it's Allende and Pinochet. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, All right. Yeah, Pinochet, Pinochet and Pinochet just went and just killed a whole bunch of people. But, yeah. All right. Great. So people are in power can be really shitty, it turns out. Who knew? Who knew that could happen, John? Yeah. I am the one with the mic. I have the red button. I can press it and shut you off at any time. 
Okay, yes, sir. Yes, sir, Mr. Click. Mr. You, Mr. You, sir. Yes, you. Yeah. Yes, you. Yeah. All right. You. Um, but uh, what may and you like Jimmy Carter? Like he, I think Jimmy Carter is a great man. Maybe not the best president. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So uh, okay. So let's get back to the fun part, everybody. If you made it this far, thank you for listening. We're uh, we're gonna we're gonna just talk about fun things. So why don't anyhow, we, why don't we there was a fun huge first. Here, there's a then... huge um, infection that went through um, Southeast Asia that killed thousands of no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Uh, Oscars so Asian this weekend. The Oscars went went on on um, yeah. Sunday. Did you watch? Yeah. Yes. What did you think? Did you? I did. You did. Um. Well, I was I was at work, so uh, it wasn't. I wasn't doing only watching. So it went. I thought it was great. I didn't get bored. Um, I thought that um, Rihanna and um, Lady Gaga were both really amazing, and I don't really remember. And I, I, I love that RRR song. I thought that I thought most of the uh, the speeches were wonderful. Um, I'm glad that everything everywhere all at once won. I thought that the all the speeches were heartbreaking and wonderful and beautiful, and and there was nothing boring and terrible. I think that um, Angela Bassett should have won uh, because she's Angela Bassett, but I'm glad that um, uh, Tony Curtis's daughter. <laughs> Janet Lee's daughter, I think you mean. <laughs> Janet Lee's daughter. Jamie, is it Jamie Lee Curtis? Sure. Yeah, I'm glad she won. She's awesome. Um, Wait, but I, I thought you, you know. So you think that, I mean, I just thought that Wakanda Forever was just terrible. Uh, well, you I, did? Yeah, I, I watched Terrible? It. I, it was just so leaden and just like, and so obvious. And I, I didn't, I, I had no emotional attachment well, to it whatsoever. When you put it that way, I have to agree with you. And she, she's great, but it's just like a lot of posturing and speeches and not a lot of, um, not enough human interaction like there's a little bit of her and shiri being you know just having but it, i i never felt it was it elevated beyond care care comic book level and i, I felt that like the, the i i didn't actually i thought stephanie shu who was also nominated for everybody everything everywhere all at once um she had the best performance my favorite performance of of last year it, it's a just a stellar tour de force of just so such um sensitivity and also flexibility in the way she she could jump from character to character it was amazing um can i can i can i pause here and just uh say something yeah i completely agree with you yeah, okay and anyhow we'll see you next tuesday The only reason, the only reason that, um, the only reason that she didn't win is that she's young. That she's young. Yeah. But yeah, she really was. That was amazing. It's a stellar it, it, performance. It's effortless. Yeah. It just didn't seem hard. Yeah, yeah, and and I I couldn't imagine any other act 
actor playing it. And, and I'm sure there are a thousand actors who could, but I just, you know, I just see it and it's just, like you said, effortless and, and so uh, apropos or whatever. It's just it's so natural. It feels, you know, it's, it's funny because it feels like she wasn't acting. Yeah. Even though she was playing all of these different characters. And every, every single one, it just seemed completely inhabited. So it feels like she's not really acting. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is a, and it won all the big awards that it was nominated for directing, screenwriting, uh, original screenplay, editing, uh, best picture, uh, best actress, best supporting actress, and best supporting actor. It was not nominated for best actor. That was Brendan Fraser uh, and Sino Man. And uh, and he won for Encino Man. Uh, yeah. Well, I just think of him as Encino Man, and yeah. and it was uh, so I, I was couldn't be happier. Oscar works in sweeps. I think that this is good for the business. You've got uh, Top Gun, uh, Maverick, and Avatar: The Way of Water making whatever three and billion and change in the box office. Um, and then you want to promote other movies to get people to go to the theater, right? Like, like they didn't yeah. need promotion. The whole point of the Oscars is to, it's about promoting films. It's about to getting people excited to go to movies. And I yeah. got excited to go to movies after watching this. Uh, a couple of reasons, not like for one, being someone who's Asian American and seeing two Asian actors win and seeing an Asian director win just like couldn't be more thrilled and like this movie spoke to me on many many levels um there's also the nostalgia factor i'm a huge jamie lee curtis fan from back in the halloween days terror train on down the line uh and kihu kwan was of course in short round i did did videos imitating her him you can uh, look at that on on um my YouTube channel, um, I thought they were very funny. I did that with uh, John Enbaum and, and Phil Klemmer. Super fun doing those. And so he's part of my cultural upbringing. And, and also, these, all those actors like brought such, when they were doing the Oscar circuit, and, and this is a little bit more um, in, in the weeds, I guess, um, they were just they put on this this great charm campaign because they're such lovable people like jamie lee curtis everybody finds her amazing michelle yo is great and kihei kwan is just like this um bundle of enthusiasm and so when their names were announced they got the biggest cheers in the audience it really seemed like the daniels are just the nicest guys and it really i really think that they really all really like each other and they really had a really good experiment experience working with each other. And they made um, one of the, certainly the weirdest movie to ever win Best Picture. Wait, um, I, there must have been at least a few movies that had dildo fights, right? Butt plug fights? Yeah, see, it wasn't a dildo fight. It see, plug, it, there are lots plug. of movies with dildo yeah, fights, yeah, yeah. but oh, only one with a butt you're right, plug. You're right. That is weird. That's so weird. Ugh. Um. But uh, because of the Oscars, I tried to watch the other nominated films. And uh, the second weirdest movie to ever be nominated was also nominated this year. Did you see Triangle of Sadness? Oh, no, no. It's on my list. It's, it's on now. 
fucking believable. You like you liked it. Oh, it, I, I I don't even know if I liked it. I've never yeah. seen really anything like this movie. Well, that director, you know, he did that movie, The Square, which is supposed to be really great. Oh, he did? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. If yeah. I'd known that, maybe I would have. Because I actually, I watched like the first half of The Square and then I got called away and I never went back. But this movie, oh, my God. It is like, it is really, it's really like three movies uh in one four movies but four different movies in one um but it, they're all related it says a lot more about the actual lived experience of being in this modern world than any other movie i've ever seen and at the same time it's hilarious and terrifying and a little and long right and true no i didn't no. feel long all right uh, i mean I, maybe I, it is it doesn't feel long. It's streaming on Hulu right now. If if you want to yeah. watch it. it, it's a. I I plan to see it. I I like those sort of very difficult, um, but wildly funny movies. You know that the, the, there's a sense of absurdism to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I I it, I will absolutely see it. I'm I'm excited to see. Well, it. it's not. I wouldn't even say absurdism. It feel like you're watching the way people would actually behave. In some extreme extreme people that are really believable, hmm. like people that you've met, but are just like super rich or super stupid or whatever, and um, and then they get in some extreme situations, and they behave the way they behave in belie- believable ways. Yeah, well, it's uh, great. I in in that sense, like for Oscar the Oscars to elevate a movie like that, even though it didn't win anything. It got on some people's radar, and hopefully, um, people will watch it. And, and that's that's the goal of this this whole in, in ball and uh, dog and pony show. Um, I thought Jimmy Kimmel is like I, I think he's funny, he's inoffensive, yet he has bite to to what he does. But he's you know he's very mild and presentable, you know in that yeah. way. And I thought he did a great job. Um, there, nothing to, to complain about. Nothing to be super excited about. I, I when was... the when the when the show runs long, and um and like back when when you know Billy Crystal was doing it or, and it was like well the reason it's running long Billy is because of you so shut up. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel not so much. Kept it moving and he had some very very funny jokes. Um um I yes about uh, Jim Cameron and and. Uh, uh, Tom Cruise and just about if you're going to make me sit through a three and a half hour movie, then you have to sit through this. That's funny. Uh, and I, I, um, I, it makes me excited that an indie, an, an independent movie won. And uh, like, and for all the reasons I said before, and also because it's a weird movie and it's a fun movie and it's a thoughtful movie. Uh, I, yeah. I have nothing against a blockbuster movie winning um that's what won in whatever 94 whatever when titanic won when was that 90 i don't know who knows yeah uh, uh yeah 94 sure uh, and 55 million people watched the the show that year and uh-huh. 18 million watched this year uh, americans i should say and so it's a, th- a third drop um or one third of the viewership of the peak of oscar but still uh an increase from last year so it's a little bit exciting um 
So, uh, the, 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 I mean, just a couple things. Uh, Titanic, 25 years old this year, 1997. Um, but uh, everything, everywhere, all at once made a crap load of money. It didn't make, it made like $72 million uh, domestic. Uh, really? Yeah, people are talking about it like it made a lot of money. Well, it didn't cost very much money to make. It, it cost like probably like $10, 15000000 million to make. All right. Uh, but w what's your point? Oh, just that you, you're talking like it, it, it was an unseen movie. No, I said it's an indie movie. And, yeah. and well, usually, usually in indie movies win. Uh, well, except for in 1997. Yeah, usually that's unusual. Yeah, yeah. movies that make a lot of money don't usually win. Um, yeah, but a lot of the time it's like back in the day, studios would put shitloads of money because into a movie because they wanted an Oscar winner. I don't think that the Daniels made this movie thinking, you know what, this is Oscar bait. You know, it's just not not that kind of movie um so how do you how do you uh how do you like the oscar bait alone you you like the oscar bait oscar, oscar I like bait it alone with the camera off but i but, but, but you, with you on my screen do you use butt plugs when you oscar bait no i don't need it i'm a pro you don't need butt plugs what about um do you think about michelle kwan as a possible uh as, as possible oscar who's bait the, material who's michelle kwan Michelle Yo. Who do you think of Michelle Kwan as possible Oscar bait material? Who, who is that? Who's this Michelle Kwan? The the, uh, the 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 skater. Uh what is wrong with you, John? You racist <laughs> motherfucker. Uh okay. So like Do you think of Jamie Lee Curtis when you're thinking about Oscar baiting? Do you how do you feel that this bodes for Can we talk about Oscar baiting some more? The theater. The the you mean the movie? movie theater or the, the yeah. theater yeah theater? Just, just you know what i'm talking about john let's, no, let's keep the th john if i'm talking about the oscars and theater what do you think i'm talking about are you talking about okay. people okay. going to the movie theaters yeah. yeah like like is was this oscars good for that like how do you feel about like and this is something we've talked a couple times before but you know like Ant-Man didn't do as well as everybody hoped uh, in the quantum verse or whatever it's called. Um, but then uh, you've got Tom Cruise movies doing well. You've got existing IP like, you know, uh, animated movies and Avatar movies doing well. And then horror movies doing pretty well in theaters. Like, like what, what, like I'm interested in what's going to happen with Dungeons and Dragons. Um, that, that movie is about to come out. Um, Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez. Um, I'm sorry, Michelle Kwan. Uh, and yeah. she's in it too. Oh yeah, yeah, she's in it. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez. She's Oscar bait material. Okay, shut up, John. You're creepy. What? You're being a creep. I'm thinking about Oscars for next year. Yeah. Um, do you think? Do you think that uh, Dungeons and Dragons: Honor Among Thieves might win the Oscar? In, for no, I'm just. I'm. I. Did not say Oscars. I was talking about people getting into the theaters. That's my question, though. I just just think about that. I'll and I'll answer your question without thinking about it. You think about whether you think honor honor. Uh, it's not going to win. No, no, it's not. So it's not. No. Money, money on that. So like if so is 
Dungeons and Dragons, is that an existing IP that has meaning in the box office? Like, I'm excited to see it. It looks funny. Uh, I, you know, John Francis Daly is, is a funny writer and director and, um, and I forget his partner's name. Um, but like, do you think kids give a shit about D and D? Like, like, are you kidding? I, ask, yes. I asked some preteen kids who were like, my friends were over and their, their kids who are like 11 and eight, they were watching TV and I was like trying to show them a cartoon and they're like, what's this? I'm like, do you know who Superman is? And they're like, no, not really. And I was like, I, I was thinking, I, I have no idea. I'm so out of touch with what kids know. Because I thought, oh, it's a cartoon about superheroes. Like, of course they're going to like this. I had no idea who he was. So I don't think that they would react well to Dungeons and Dragons, even though they might find swords and sorcery interesting how old were these people that you were talking to and were they americans uh i, I just mentioned their name their their ages like like 11 and 8 is what i said you said preteen. yeah 11 and 8 okay and, and I, all right i also said 11 and 8 i, I gave the name there you their know ages. sometimes you know you're so mean to me you know i just didn't well i wanted to ask how old they were you don't be so mad at me well, I, I literally just said they were 11 and 8. Okay, so they're 11 and 8. Okay. Um, so, first of all, 11 and 8-year-olds should not go to this movie. It's too violent. Um, second of all, every person that I know who is... I know Everybody I know knows about Dungeons & Dragons. As a person, I was playing Dungeons & Dragons before it wasn't cool. You, you've mentioned that. Many times. And and the funny thing is... Not many not, times. I think I've made wait, that wait, joke twice you before. Know what? None of us have ever disputed that fact. I just think... I think it's... I, I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, the, there's a there's a, a, like a three-part question. Well, do I think people are going to go see Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves? I believe that there are a lot of people who know about Dungeons and Dragons now. I believe there's tons and tons of young people maybe not eight and nine year olds but certainly uh 11 12 13 teenagers and 20 somethings who uh play dungeons and dragons and know about it number one now more importantly um i think that uh this looks like a really really fun movie it really does i'm i'm absolutely excited about it and uh so i i agree with you i i'm just dubious whether children will respond, even older children. Uh, and what do you think is the reason why Ant-Man and Wasp into the Quantumania, but like, why did that fail or f uh, uh, not reach everyone's expectations? Uh, I don't think that the, um, the script was very good. I don't think, I, and I think that, um, it was too much was happening on uh, the quantum in the quantum uh, realm. And so it was uh, hard to uh, relate to what was going on. I think that the um, the visuals in the quantum realm were uh, they it wasn't even that they were rushed. It's just there was there was no um, place to. There wasn't enough reality in those you, special you effects. You weren't grounded. 
you yeah, there was there was there was nothing grounded about it. It was just visuals, and after a while, that becomes uh, uh, too much. And and I I think that um, you have to. I think you have to take five years to make a, a completely animated movie. That like not five years, ten years. Like I think Avatar um, works because they were so fucking careful about it, and the physics were all completely grounded. Okay, so those are two different things. A, a grounded story and grounded physics are two different things, right? No, no. What I mean is the visuals. Like uh, my my argument is that it's a bad script. For uh, not it wasn't awful, but it was pretty bad. And the relationship, the relations were. I mean, it wasn't as good as most of the other Marvel movies, uh, in terms of script. Um, it didn't really. Uh, I you know everybody did an okay job, um, but I think that the thing that I heard people respond to the most, and this is my students mostly, um, was that they they thought that the the special effects weren't good, and I think the reason that they thought that special effects weren't good is that they were aware that they were watching a special effects movie because it's in the quantum realm, because it's in the quantum realm, and 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 so there's no. Uh, anchor to reality, so you just start to realize that you're watching something that some animators made. Right, you're watching Paul Rudd uh, duck a tennis ball. Yep. Yeah. And um. And that, and so I that that's why, and I think that uh, actually Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness had uh, similar problems, except they were the script was worse. Well, I it, it is fun when you see a movie that you don't think was animate like had a, a, a lot of commuter, computer animation and then when you see like the breakdown you're like oh shit like yeah i didn't even notice and and yeah. because you're so involved in the story and yeah in in that sense i totally uh, agree but but and then in avatar i guess the special effects are so seamless that you don't think about it but i would still be so dazzled by it because i've seen clips of it and like all the the stuff you're like oh which part was cg and which part was real and and how did they meld those things together and and so i would you know i would be focused on that but hopefully the story would be good enough that it would distract you from that but um, yeah the, all movies are are actually all movies are an illusion they're all i mean there's so much wait, there's wait, so wait, much wait, wait, i gotta digest this hold on all movies are all movies illusion. All right, cool. This Got is it. the opposite of of watching sausage being made. This is listening to Marty digesting something. Yeah, it's, digesting it's sausage. Awful. Digesting sausage. Oh, this one's not going down so good. <laughs> That's Marty thinking about digesting sausage, which is even worse than just digesting something mentally. Yeah. So that was terrific. Yeah. What about uh, Shazam, the something of the gods, or whatever? Well, that looks like fun too. Yeah, I. I don't think I don't think it's going to be as good as it looks, but I I, I think it's, it, it's. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, David Sandberg, the the director, the Swedish director who ma made it, he made the first one. I think he's just a really creative, thoughtful filmmaker, and I, maybe the story won't be as compelling as everything everywhere all at once but i think it'll be a lot of fun 
Uh, I hope so. I'm looking forward to it. It looks like fun. Yeah, I was watching the the first one. It's on it's streaming on HBO right now, and I was like, oh yeah, like yeah, that Zach Levi is really he's he's uh, a Zach a Levi is charismatic, good looking, uh, charmer, fun guy. Yeah, he's a mushroom. He's a good actor. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm I'm uh, yep. I think uh, you get that. Yep, mushroom. I'm gonna go see both of them. Mushroom. What? Fun guy. Mushroom. Fun guy. Oh, Marty. I was trying to speak your language, John. Come on, oh. John. Help me out here. John, 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 John. Oh, I heard. Oh. John. Oh. Oh. Everybody else got it before you did, you know? Everybody else? Everybody else. Yes. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm also excited because of from the oscars be, not because of selfishly well selfishly yes because as a as a viewer of content i'm excited to see what other asian content gets that's created so uh, there's uh gene yang uh what's his uh, i forget he has a third name but gene yang he's a comic book writer and, and artist he did um, the new Superman, he, he did uh, a bunch of the Avatar, um, the last Airbender comics. Uh, he's done some really interesting, fun, like smart comics about coding and, and, um, and he, and about Asian American things. He did this one called American Born Chinese, and that's going to be a show with uh, Michelle Yeoh and and Kihei Kwan and Stephanie Shu. I guess they um, they really don't have imagination when it comes to casting, but um, they're they're picking the the best of the best for that. And I will totally see the shit out of that. Uh, I just saw a trailer for that. It looks like a blast. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited about it. It, it and see, I grew up like going to Chinatown in San Francisco. I don't speak Chinese, but we would watch these these martial art movies. Yeah. Uh, and we'd sit there and, and th they were ridiculous. They were so silly. Um, Your Kung Fu is pretty good. Oh, oh I, I see you <laughs> learned Mantis style. Uh, yeah. And Chang Che and um, like, you know, these all the Shaw Brothers movies, they're just great, great movies. And they informed so much of... of Quentin Tarantino, you've got the Rizza, like on down the line, like Marsh, like modern John Wick, like it's such an inspiration. And for this to embrace the campiest parts of it is is really exciting. Uh, Interior Chinatown is based on a book by Charles Yu. That's a, a miniseries that's being shot right now. So excited about that! I think Ronnie. Did you hear at the Oscars that Michelle Yao has never studied martial arts? Yeah, but she was a trained dancer. She was a trained ballet dancer, so not. Yeah, I know, but you know, have you ever seen like Police Story or or? Uh... Oh my God! The day after, like you can go online. There's one when like one of her first early early martial arts movies before Police Story. She's like fighting a guy with a chainsaw, and um, it, yeah, it was it's great. And she's she's like, like obviously there's stunt people in it, but. She does take a beating in it, and she can kick as, yes. She well, does according to Jackie Chan, one time on the Tonight Show, they they don't really spend money on to, on uh, that many stunt people in Hong Kong, and and they asked him why. He says, "Well, life isn't as valuable 
Uh, that that is true. <laughs> that is true. They yeah. The, the joke was like, oh yeah, like we've got um, yeah, we've got uh, ten stunts and six bowls of rice, you know. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> I never heard that. That's great. But uh, I <laughs> but no, there 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 were obvious ones where it's like, oh, all of a sudden she gained like twenty pounds, and 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 when she takes a big fall and and she got like taller or whatever um yeah and because she is the star and there's a chance of really getting hurt and if you've ever seen a jackie chan film like he does that and not everybody wants to do that and that's part of right. his that's part of his aesthetic and and which is great it's his brand uh michelle yo is so talented when it comes to um martial arts and fighting and but she doesn't, need, she doesn't need to take that the beatings you know not if you don't have no. to I, no I, I i don't I, I think it's great for tom cruise and for jackie chan but for everybody else just let let the let the pros go do it give give somebody else a job too uh that was, that was the original uh post-credit scene was watching the uh, behind the scenes of jackie chan being air airlifted out of one scene of every single movie almost every single movie yeah armor of god he got a hole in his skull when he fell uh, into some um, stone formations uh, super cop he fell down in a mall and uh, was falling all on all these electric lights are all exploding and then he cracked his skull in that one yeah, he's he's um th there is a price for that and you know good good for him if he wants to do that but I would much rather give my bowls of rice to someone else. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. So uh what else is going on John? Oh, you know what today is Marty? It's a rainy day in in Los it's Angeles. Pie day, Marty. It's what? It's pie day. 3.14 it's 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 Friday 14th wow it's, today's pie day do you have pie today uh no it, it was Bob I was trying to do calculations on the google calculator and it's like what the fuck is that little thing doing there and like it, where I'm trying to put in numbers and it was it was pie there's a little pie symbol can you explain to the our listeners what pie is well, it is the ratio of um, the pi r squared. So it, it's a it's a coefficient that is used to uh, define the area of a circle or a circumference of a circle. So it's two. It's pi the r ratio of, of what to what of um, to pi to r. Um, <laughs> Golden golden it's, ratio. It's the ratio, you know? it's the ratio of the circumference of a circle divided uh, yeah. by the, the radius of a circle. Two pi r is the circumference. Um, that's how you find a, the cir circumference. That's because that's what pi is. It's the definition of yeah. the circumference divided by the yeah. So you uh, just uh, reverse it, and then pi r squared for the area. There you go. Right. That's all. That's all you well, need. Somebody, to know. somebody, somebody uh, pointed out to me that. Um, like when have you ever needed to use pi since seventh grade? When have I had to use pi? Yeah. Except um, to teach your child how to do how to calculate the area of a circle. Uh I I don't I guess I haven't used it. Uh, so that's why I'm, I have no 
problems like not knowing the exact application of it, but I know I, I could have I could have backwards figured it out from two pi r, you know. But, no, but it, it's the it's the ratio. It, it is you take the circumference yeah. of any circle no, and you divide it by the radius and you get this number all the time. Yeah. But here's the, is some interesting thing uh, aspects of that. But I don't think that uh, I know what enough of what, what I'm talking about, and I, I don't think you're interested. So I'm not. No, 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 no. Go on, go ahead. I'm just there. There's some dog, dog, dog on dog action going on here. Dog on dog action. I think that's much more interesting. No, that the the fact that uh, it's an irrational number. Um, is is uh, is an indication of how, uh, or or a friend of mine was talking about like it's a representation of of or represents how uh, circles and squares um, will always there will always be a little bit that doesn't quite fit. It you can't quite get um, using a uh, you can't quite it does uh, like the the circle doesn't quite fit into our uh rational um universe in a way wow because it's irrational like it's just you can keep on going and you won't get to that exact ratio using digital numbers i mean god john you're so right you're so right you're so right like about watching, you not being interested watching the dogs fight is much more interesting than listening to you talk about um, yeah. Something Matthew don't under quite understand. Yeah, that's really good. Okay, uh, so are you guys? Uh, are they having sex or? No, no. Just the blind one is gets upset when he senses the other the big puppy within like a ten foot radius and starts to freak out. How old is your puppy now? She's uh, he's uh, he's huge. He's eight months now. Yeah. Oh my god. Are you going to be able to ride him like a horse when he's uh, No, I wish. I wish. He's only he's only 80 pounds. He's maybe 90 pounds. He needed 90 pounds. So. Yeah, I know. He's still a puppy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to be a big he's going to be a really big dog. Yeah, he he's pretty cute. He's pretty cute. Yeah. Um yeah, so um Oh, I I so there's two things I yeah. I, I uh you have other things to talk about. Let's No, find. no, no. No, no. Please go. Go. Well, so today, I this week, I showed um, all the president's men in my class, and like uh, on Saturday, I was over at a friend's house, and we we uh, had dinner, and and then we watched um, the Natural, oh. and and the thing about uh, all the president's men is really a masterfully made movie. It has almost no music in it, um, and yet it it propels itself right along. It uses. Uh, the the uh, typewriters is a soundtrack. It feels very much like a documentary, but it's very carefully made. It really moves along wonderfully. And the natural is uh, is like it's trying to be like uh, it, it has no uh, shame about trying to be schlocky, and it is astonishingly bad. I mean, we're, I was watching it, going, "What the?" I heard this was. So, like a classic or something it is terrible it's, have you seen it no i i haven't because um i have a glenn close and i have a beef that we have never never resolved so we don't see each other's work um, but uh, i mean but it's just as well it's just as well i'm just imagining glenn close at home, and they say, "Hey, you want to watch this new movie?" And she says, "Is Marty you in it?" 
And they say, no. I mean. And it's, it's, she keeps on saying it. Like, is Marty you in it? <laughs> uh, yeah. And so uh, Barry Levinson, who did Diner, which is a great movie, and uh, um, a bunch of other. There's a lot of great movies. A, lot of, uh, a some, couple bad ones. Yeah. Uh, the natural among them, apparently, and you know oh, he's God. he's he's great. Sam Levinson is his son, who who did um, uh, what's the 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 HBO sex show? Um, it's education. No, no, the one the one with um, Zendaya. Uh, um, the one uh, uh, Euphoria. Euphoria. That, yeah, yeah. That's drugs, isn't it? Uh, sex and drugs. drugs. Sex and drugs. Uh, yeah. I thought it was mostly about drug addicts. Right. I didn't. I watched it. Well, he also has the new one coming out, uh, which is called The Idol. That's all about sex, and that's come under some scrutiny. Um, but oh, you know, so uh, I looked it up, and uh, you know, it's based on a Bernard Bernard Malamud novel, The, the Natural. Natural, and it's it's written by Roger Town, who's the brother of the famous screenwriter. Robert Town, who wrote uh, Chinatown. Chinatown and uh, a couple other things yeah. that you know. I, I can do basically what, what Bobby can do. Just give me a chance, yo. Come on, Barry. That's Roger. It's fucking terrible. It's terrible. And uh, it's young, uh, young Kim Bassinger, and she looks terrible. Oh, it's weird. I mean, it's probably the worst she's ever looked ever in her life. All right. And uh, oh, it's just awful. It's just so weirdly bad. Because uh, everybody loves a good uh, baseball movie, you know. And yeah, it's just weird because I'd always heard, you know, it's like one of those things where yeah, the natural that's a classic, and nobody ever wants to watch it. Yeah, well, Alan Pakula, who who did uh, all the President's Men, he, he yeah. had a, a great career, uh, and, and sad Oops. what. Clute. Clute. Clute is a great movie. Fantastic. Yeah. Parallax View is a, okay. Parallax View is awesome. It's a great movie. Mm. It's it's a really challenging, um, interesting, weird movie of its time. This is with uh, Warren Beatty, where it's a, a, about conspiracy sp theories. I think it would, I think it would be interesting to see it now. I haven't seen it in probably twenty years. Um, Let's watch it, and we'll talk about it next week. All right, that's great. That's our homework. We're going to watch Parallax View and and. Keep keeping in mind the QAnon view as we watch it. Uh, it yeah, that's from that's almost fifty years old. Wow, that's amazing. And uh, he actually died when um, a piece of um, hardware went through his Volvo and killed him. Yeah. What? Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, it's a bummer. Uh, um. Anyhow. He he was a great director, even though he did, you know, he he did consenting adults, which wasn't great, but he did presumed and innocent, which was really good. Um, but he he did a he did a vast uh, array of, of of movies, like you know, some really great ones. So, um, and then and same with Barry Levinson, by the way, and except he also made toys, right? Didn't he make toys? Yes, he made toys. Okay, well that that's a huge, huge hole to dig yourself out of. Yeah, he all, he did Avalon, which was funny. It was that was kind of bad. Uh, it's part of his Baltimore series, so um, that was uh, along with Diner and Tin Men. 
Tin Man. Tin Man's pretty good, right? I yeah, didn't yeah. see it. Oh, it's very good. Very good. Richard Dreyfus. Um, I think I'm kind of talking down my ass here. Uh, let's see. Yeah, Richard Dreyfus, Danny DeVito, Barbara Hershey. Yeah, it's a good movie. Um, but yeah, that's where he's from. Anyhow, um, so what what made you think of these movies? Like, oh, you showed them to your students. So what did your students? Yeah, do? I I was just I was just because uh, well the funny thing is is that I just wanted to bring those things up because uh because um the natural was just so remarkably bad and uh, and Jim said well you know it's of the time I said no don't say I mean it's it's 1984 and it's like you can't. And I and I say this to my I said this to my students. You've seen Casablanca. You've seen all the President's Men. If somebody tells you that a crappy movie is crappy because all movies were crappy back in you know 1942 or 1974 or whatever, tell them no. There were good movies. I know, but there, there, I understand that, I, and I totally agree with that. A good movie is a good movie, and good storytelling is good storytelling. But there is also when like when they developed the steady cam when they did more handheld when they did you know more naturalistic filmmaking when they went from like back in like the even up to the late 80s a gunshot would go pew pew and then like at a certain point in like uh, the the 90s and the the aughts it went to i have no idea what's the real i've never heard a gunshot you know like close up uh but i'm pretty sure it doesn't go pew pew and like so you know what i'm saying like you can hear a distinct change in the sound design from watch terminator the first terminator and watch terminator 2 and see the difference in sound design alone and it's like it it, it's remarkable and yeah they were working with the best that they can do i remember i was working on a short film and uh we were we had to do pull sound effects for it. So we, we had access to this really, really high end studio, like um, post-production sound studio. And we're just going through, we're pulling out the film, like whatever the optical track. Um, so back in the day, they would store this, the, the, the sound on optical track, or I don't know, I guess it was magnetic, but, but, um, but it was on, you know, very wide film and you're, you're pulling it out of a library by hand and you're just like, it's like kind of guessing by golly. You're just like going through thousands and thousands of reels, trying to find a good door slam. Yeah. And like, and it never sounds like what it actually is, but, but that's how they had to do it back in the day. And this is yeah. by back in the, the day, I mean the mid nineties, you know? Yeah. And then now you can just say, "Hey, ChatGPT, give me a, give me a good sounding car door slam or whatever," uh, or you can go on to to um, to to any of the music sites and and comb through thousands and thousands of of, of uh, sound effects and pull whatever yeah. you, the heck you want. Yeah, so, life is a lot easier. I mean, watching uh, all the President's Men. One of the things that's remarkable is just like. They, they get a list of the, all the people who work at CREEP, the Committee to Reelect the President, and they're trying to get someone to talk to them. So they have to go out and drive around these people's houses and knock on doors, and they have to call them. And, you know, it's 1974 when they're doing this. Nobody has an answering machine, let alone a cell phone. Right, right. And if you're, they're not home, they're not answering. And so, I mean, just, it just, and it's, I, I lived then. And I can't even imagine what it was like. Yeah. 
and and so i feel like i i feel like i'm saw I, it's not like i was deep in it but i i was part of a an era where i got to cut 35 millimeter film and yeah and i and i got to go load up filming and moviola and and like audio tape and like roll it by hand and be like yeah and like you know it it's it's such a pain in the ass you can't believe people made movies right right and i and like i don't romanticize it i mean there's part of something that is really cool because you're like oh i'm playing i'm using the same sound (laughs) effects that all the oscar winners used but then at the same time, you're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> like, I can just you can pull it on my phone. I can make fart noises with my phone, whatever. Like, so, um, yeah, it, it's we're in a better time now. It's kind of like the days when you when you go from typewriter to to word processor. Like, just who cares? Just just make good stuff. Make it fast. There's no way that everything everywhere all at once could have been made in a film era, because the editing in that is so complex and mm-hmm. and frenetic and yeah. for better or worse you might not like that i i happen to find it amazing like and i i remember when i did instant films the very first one i did i tried to put a quick little like montage of of images in there and just for no reason because i thought it was cool and you know but it, it was um and, and this is a, a video um a 48-hour video-making series that, that John put together way, ba- way, way, way back in the day. Uh, but that could never be done in film. And and I feel like if you can empower more people to make movies, that's better than preserving, like, oh, the glory of film grain. and Oh, the analog audio is so amazing. It really touches my bones. You know, like, who gives a shit? Just tell me a good story. Yeah. Unfortunately, the people who are um, really into that, like um, Christopher Nolan and Edgar Wright, Quentin, and I don't know, know. Tarantino, they they actually do tell good stories too. So you can't really well, fault them for it. Absolutely, but not everybody has that luxury, and some people need to do multiple takes and whatever. And not everybody has a studio is going to be like here's like whatever eighty million dollars. Go do what you want. Because you're Quentin Tarantino, and you've got one movie left in you, The Reviewer. Um, is that the name of the last movie? What? Uh, he's he's got he's doing one movie more. Um, Tarantino. Yeah. He says he's going to retire. Um, well, I, I I don't know if he's going to do that, but he's got one movie left in him. But he might do something else. Um. He might. How come Woody Allen never said that? Oh my God! Right, he's got a movie coming out. I think. Yeah, he does a movie every year, no matter how old and gross he gets. And unwatched it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Because uh, his movies cost a million dollars to make, and they make three million dollars. So. Yeah. Well, and then there's um, who is it? Francis Ford Coppola has been working on a movie for years. Um, yeah. Uh, and and apparently uh, it's it's one over budget imagine that like so if you, you just watch um uh hearts of darkness and you'll understand like he's not a guy who does things um 
mildly. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, he is one of my favorite directors. Like, right? Oh, he's he's a, he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. And but he also he's is made not, some bad ones. Yeah, he's made some bad ones, and he's not a great businessman. And it turns out you you're supposed to be a good businessman when you're, like, it, it, it's. Um, as much as it's an artistic endeavor, there's a, a money component to it. Uh, he happened to make tens of millions of dollars as a winemaker, and he channeled his that money into his filmmaking uh, in his latter years. Um, and so he's been working on this film called Megalopolis, um, where it's about an architect who wants to rebuild um, New York City as an a, a, as a utopia following a devastating disaster, and he's been working on this this screenplay for decades. He's been working on this for years, and they've gone through budget overruns. You got Adam Driver, his uh, sister Talia Shire, Shia LaBeouf, Aubrey Plaza, Giancarlo Esposito, Dustin Hoffman. It's a it's a cast. Uh, it's his chef d'oeuvre. It's his like his magnum opus uh, but i can't imagine that it just sounds um a little bloated but i will s absolutely see it um thoughts john uh i was just looking at the same thing you were looking at i um what, what well i i i think that um he knows how to make movies um so uh i'm in favor of it um but uh i got i i i was it's funny because i just i was looking at his list of films and i was i never realized that he made the outsiders and rumblefish the same year he directed both of those i never actually saw Rum rumblefish well they're the same movie Oh, basically. Oh, so they he's like, like, the he's same like while we're shooting here, hey, Ralph Macchio, move aside from Matt Dillon. Uh, we're gonna. Yeah, that's what it's. It's really. It's. It feels. I mean, they're they're basically. I thought. I thought it was like one of those things. It was like Dante's Peak and and Volcano. You yeah, know, yeah, or two it, different directors. Like, hey, like, somebody else well. is making an S.E. Hinton movie about a, a a kids gang. Let's let's make one at the same time and and try and come out around the same time. It was actually him making both of them. It was just, and they bought at the same, and it was the same year. He made them basically at the same time, and with with very similar aged kids. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, and and it didn't feel like the work of the guy who made The Godfather or they Apocalypse just Now, could, or or anything really. It, they just sort of seemed like very lightweight kind of movies about uh, with I, a bunch of. I love that. I, I loved it. It, yeah, it's fun, but you know what I mean. It's not. It's not a heavyweight kind of thing. I was fourteen um, when I saw it. I was like, oh. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, C Coppola, great. He's great. He's really fucking great. He's really great. <laughs> you sound like you're trying to convince yourself. Uh, so, well, the the the, the, the megapolis uh, sounds terrible. Sounds like the worst idea I've ever heard. Yeah, he's been working on the screenplay since the eighties. So I, when I said yeah. twenty years, I was wrong. It's forty years he's been working on this. Fifty years. I just what I just read on on Wikipedia was that he's been working on it for a long time. It's about rebuilding New York after a disaster, and he was just about to sort of uh, start shooting it or something, and then nine eleven happened, and it felt like oh, that's too on the nose. So and then and then you get back to it, and it's just like. Who cares? Who fuck? I'm 
rebuilding New York, a movie about rebuilding something. Oh, quick, get me the NyQuil. Wait, you'd rather see something destroyed? You want to see plane? Plane? Yeah. Plane is not about a plane. No, no, we 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 established that last week. Uh, what? I, plane isn't about something being destroyed. It's about killing people who are bad, well, isn't it? Isn't that kind of destruction? Sure, but I yes, if given a choice between watching something being built. And watching something being blown up on a movie, I would absolutely watch something being blown up. Yeah, I went and saw absolutely. 2012 and the day after tomorrow and uh, Independence Day. It's called disaster porn, and I'm there for I've it. I've watched each of those movies like five to ten times. Yeah, I uh, love San, San Andreas is on my bucket list. Oh, really? I've, I haven't watched it, uh, but but like I can watch I'm sure 2012. It's awful. I can watch 2012 over and over again, and it never gets never gets tired. I never get tired of it. It's so it's so enjoyable. Yeah. 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 It, so you're right. You're right. And you know what? If I want to watch something get built, I can watch um, YouTube and watch somebody uh, do um, whatever the, the, the Minecraft. I can watch Minecraft videos, you know. Exactly. Yeah. If I want to watch somebody building something, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. So come over and find out what's uh, wrong. Okay, well, along those lines, uh, ah, Jesus Christ, John, say something for 15 seconds. I am so happy to be here talking to Marty You, Marty You is a man who's always cranky to me, even though I do nothing but tell him how great he is. We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail oh, sack, mail I sack. Come on, get my hands in that mail sack. Did you find that? I thought you lost that sound. Uh, yeah, that was great. You know, John, I, I'm I'm loath to bring up anything because I'm uh, that has to do with the news. Like, even if I bring it up neutrally, you're like, Ugh. no, that's not. No, I'm not. <laughs> And then if I criticize you, you get really defensive. No, I don't. We're we're smiling at each other right now. Or I'm no, no, we're not. How dare you? No, I don't mind when you bring up the news. It's just that when you you make wild generalizations, but and then bring up how then bring up how terrible Donald Trump is. Wait, I never I'm mentioned on. him. You're the one who brought him up. <laughs> oh my God, I have been maligned. <laughs> this, uh, I'm a huge Trump fanatic. All you right. are. You are a Trump fanatic. You and Rachel Maddow should get together and spoon and think, think about Donald Trump. What? I, no. I you and Rachel thinking, Maddow. I was thinking of Tucker Carlson, but whatever. Uh, um, it's frigid. So, um, yeah, listen back to this the show, John. Dearest Merps, this is from Why do you say things like that that are so mean to me? Why, why are you telling me to do mean things like that? <laughs> because I, yeah, it's true. I would not listen. I, I would not wish that on my worst enemy to re-listen to this. Right. Hey, before we get to the mail sack, I just have to one say one thing. Ted Lasso came out. Uh, season three. Yeah. Okay. Did you watch it? No, I'm just. I'm excited about it. Uh, uh, okay. Do Do you have anything? No, that's all I wanted to say. I'm excited. Oh my god. See, th you watch Mandalorian. Everybody, everybody, this is the problem. 
this is the problem. He just sort of tosses something out and out there, and there's nothing to build off of because it's like, Jesus Christ! I saw something shiny today. That's that's basically what we just said. You just said I saw something shiny today. And you're like, oh, it's shiny? really, it's really pretty. I didn't see anything it's, shiny. It's so it raining. It's so raining pretty. the whole time. Until you saw Ted Lasso, and you're like, oh, Ted Lasso. Yeah. See, yeah. that's the thing is that you can say really horrible, boring stuff, and then I take it and I run with it, and I say something, and you go, "What is the fucking point?" And then you say, "You don't know how to do improv." I want, I, I want everybody to give me an Mark example. Something off of his tongue right now, everybody. I want everybody to give an example of when John took something I presented and ran with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Every single show. <laughs> like, yes. So everything isn't. Uh, here's the thing. Uh, all right. We, we don't need to get into this, but John. I yes. Lo- I Marty. love you. I love you too, Marty. And I love that you take every opportunity you can to make fun of me. No, no, no. That's not even close to true. There's lots of opportunities to go by that I do not take advantage of. Uh, okay. Well, well, uh, well, for example, just now when I'm trying to talk and I'm and I had a hair on my tongue, like Oh, that was gross though. I was I was I was kind of having a little traumatic moment Yeah, but, but you that. know what? You didn't have to share it with everybody else. Oh, I think everybody needed to know that. Oh, it's so gross. What? <laughs> like if I didn't no, tell no, no, people... I just got to get in the back. And Humphrey's eyeballs that are falling out. Like people, this is a podcast. Oh, people don't know about well, that. Well, no, I, I lick his eyeballs to, to oh, God. keep them clean. And then sometimes a hair gets, <laughs> sometimes a hair gets in my throat. And so, Marty, can I can I ask you a question? Please, and we be honest. No, do you give do you give oral sex to your dogs? Is that where what's going on here? Where how would you get to? Where, like that's the thing. It's like it's this Notice weird. He doesn't answer the it's question. It's this weird oh. jump of like, hey, we're all just having fun, and like, do you fillet your dogs? And yeah, maybe I do, but that's none of your fucking business, you know. Okay, I just wanted to just. I was just wondering where the hairballs come from. I think I'm gonna throw up. Will you please read the mail? Jesus. What you interrupted me? You're the you have no one but yourself to blame, John. Check the, check the transcript. I don't think that's true. <laughs> Dearest Murps, except for John, this is yeah. from Tyson. Uh, here I am attempting to complete the last episode's assignment as I understand it. I have enjoyed because oh. I was asking what people watch on the YouTube. Oh. And and do you do you subscribe to any YouTubers? Or no, you you just whatever comes in your feed, you're like, oh, that's great. Uh, I uh, yeah. I watch I watch. But you've never uh, clicked guys, the subscribe button. Yog the Yogcast. I I got addicted what, to because what's of that. Stuff. It's uh, two guys who are gamers and they played a lot of Minecraft. And they're funny. They're two British guys and they talk and they 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 uh, play Minecraft and talk to each other. They're pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Y-O-G-S, Yogcast. And they're better than Francis Ford Coppola building a city. Well, they're certainly better at Minecraft than Francis Ford Coppola, I'm, I guarantee you. Ah. All right. I, I'm, I'm in. Yeah. I, I, I've never played Minecraft. It's, it's not of my generation. Oh, it's awesome. It's so much fun. 
right. It's also a huge, gigantic time suck, yeah. but it is a good game. Uh, what else do you, what else do you subscribe to? Oh, you know, I don't really subscribe to YouTube, but I go to YouTube and I watch um, the nightly uh, comedy shows. I watch uh, Seth Meyers' Closer Look, and I watch some of the Daily Show things like that. So I watch you, some you've TV. You never yeah. click the subscribe button on any of these things. No. Why not? Uh, that would that's because I I think of myself as not watching youtube oh i see i see denial i think it's it's uh, uh no no but the algorithm they're like no no he we got him he, he doesn't oh they ha totally have me yeah i mean you no know, and i watch i watch trailers you know movie trailers uh -huh. um and i uh i watch things like that um and do you watch yeah. the tiktok no but i i watch uh instagram yeah, I, because I... uh, of my work Oh right, right, right. Because of your work, I, yeah. I don't do it just because I'm my addictive personality. Um, yeah, it's really, it's really uh, very. You can just keep going yeah. and going and going. And I do that already on on YouTube. I don't need to do like I don't need to see another mechanical keyboard video. You know what I'm saying, John? No. Like I understand what a tactile like uh, a switch does and i know what a, a double something keycap is like you know i don't oh. need to buy any more like keyboards uh-huh you know i have no idea what you're talking about it's a cry for help what it's a cry for help is that what it is because you mentioned it last week and that I, I i was confused and now i'm still confused there, so you watch there you watch there are people who make videos about keyboards that, that exist that you can buy or they'll, they'll make keyboards or they'll take keyboards that you can buy and they will take them apart and lubricate the key, the, the, the switches that, that, that actuate the keys and then they will record sounds of them typing on it. They won't show you what they're typing. They'll just go, they'll do this, they'll do this like. Here, here, wait, wait, hold, hold on, hold on. This is what they do. They go. And and Marty. Wait, wait, no, what? no. There's a very specific thing they do. Marty. No, they... Marty, are you having a hard time avoiding watching these these it's videos? In about my people? feed. How can I not? Watch them. Like, why I, would YouTube present them to me if I didn't want to watch them? They, I need to honor. I need to honor the YouTube gods. They wouldn't present it to me if I if they didn't think that it would be good for me. So the, I, I watch the it. Kinds of activities that you must engage in for the algorithm to be delivering you videos of keyboards. It's it's making my brain hurt. Okay. These are these are Gatoron switches, but they're not they're not the brown Jeez. switches. These are these new ones that are green, and they have they have a slight. They're only like fifty. Uh, I think they're thirty five grand. I will never call myself a nerd again. Oh my god, they're so good. They, they feel so good when I type on them. Um. um so okay. Anyhow, um, I yeah, I don't subscribe to the any videos either on YouTube. Uh, so I, I don't know why you're asking me. It's uh, I feel ambushed. So um, shut the fuck up. Tyson goes Whatever on. Thanks to you. Tyson goes on to say. Terrifying. What? Yeah. 
What's terrible? I'm just. Go on, please. Let's move on to what Tyson watches. Right. I'm sure it's Here less I am, terrifying than what I just heard about. Last episode, I, uh, I have enjoyed a great many YouTube-based personalities over the years, including some uh, who I know at least one of you always enjoys. For example, Corridor Crew. I've mentioned them many times before. They just did this amazing one where they did the AI, like AI uh, um, um, anime. Like it was, it's incredible. It's incredible, and it's not uh, perfect, but in terms of a proof of concept, like there's no question. Like the tools are there to to make worthwhile anime uh, if for someone who's creative enough. Um, you put thousands of people out of work. Uh, no, it will empower thousands of other people who who can't draw. Wait, why is that? Why are you like that's so dismissive? Like, like <laughs> it's kind of like what? saying like it's it's kind of like the scribes saying like, oh, <laughs> well, you can do that typesetting thing, but you know nothing will ever replace us scribes. You know, with our mm, we have our amazing serifs as we like mm, do our little fountain pen thing. You oh, you can go print your whatever thing with your lead type, uh, but you know we're doing it right. No, these are tools that allow people to tell stories. If you can empower people to tell stories cheaper, then you should let people do it. Okay. Oh. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, having watched it, John, I, I will send it to you, John. And, and you will say, okay, it's not perfect, but... I see how it's it's interesting, like, and, and actually, it's funny. Just this weekend, they had two Disney animators on who were just like, "This is fucking ridiculous," because it's like it's it's animation, like it's it's not just like it's not like I don't know uh, somebody with their Legos and or whatever. It's it, it's actually like worthwhile animation. And they were like, "Oh, this is an actual reasonable like tool to for telling a story." Yeah. Um, so that that's my thing. It's like it, it's not easy. It, it it it's still the the bar when you were saying like at the end of the day you still need a great script and you still need yep. to have it grounded or whatever. Um, you, mm -hmm. Like that's that's at the end of the day, if you can make all the other tools equal and level level the playing field then you're going to have better stories to, to enjoy. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, now I feel like you're dismissing me. What did I say? No, 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 I'm not. No, not at all. Okay. What, what do you think? No. What are you thinking? I'm thinking that uh, we should finish Tyson's letter. Oh, no, no. This is part of the mail sack, John. John, what are you thinking? What am I, what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that you're absolutely right. And what, what the world, uh, which now has, 30 or uh, two three years ago had 30,000 hours of um of content going up on YouTube every hour right. um and what the world needs is, is is and the world is not ready for is to have not only you know uh uh all the factory jobs replaced by robots but all of the creative jobs replaced by AI that's the what the world is not prepared for um that's that's my point not that not that we now have more tools so that people can tell more of their stories, which right. uh, experience has shown 
that not everybody's story is worthwhile. And if everybody's exactly. telling their story, then nobody is listening. Right. Well, the other thing is like there are a bunch of people who have access to a lot of money who tell stories and they're shit. And this allows somebody who has um, fewer resources, but just as much gumption and a better story to tell, they can put it out there. Uh, you know what Francis Ford Coppola said about the little girl from oh, Iowa who's yeah. going to make the, the great movie? Darkness. Hearts of Darkness, everybody. Huh? It was in Hearts of Darkness. He said that in Hearts of Darkness? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that was where, with video, with video cameras, yeah. the next great filmmakers are going to come out okay. of, we're going to be li little teenagers. And, and John, in, just, just for the record, you are the one who spent many, many years doing a video film festival where people made movies in a weekend. Yeah. And so you took advantage of, uh, not in a negative way, but you were like, hey, there's this new way of making films. Uh, you know, Marty, what, you think that I was disagreeing with you. Right, because you were. Just... I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. No, I wasn't. And okay. you were. You were. You were. I was listening to you, and and you think when I'm listening to you that I'm judging. No, no. Oh, okay, but then tell me about the little girl. Finish your point about the little girl. Well, th that this this is yet another tool that will get us closer to having all the tools that are necessary for production in the hands of everybody. And what we've learned is that the. Um, the number of people that have worthwhile things to say is not quite as high as you might think. Oh, I never th thought it was high. I never thought it was high. I, my whole point is like how, like the fact that that somebody can take a keyboard and go like this <laughs> and, and get a million views, get a million views and be like, and make a living off of that. Like, hey, everybody, um, look at the party. 900,000 of those views are you. Doesn't matter. I'm happy to pay. Like, like, I just think that is amazing to me. And I love that. I, I love that. Uh, and I think we're going to see, like, uh, these. They're making money from the advertising of old, I mean, cheap, cheap computers that you keep buying. Yes, yes. But they, these, look at See, I, oh God. I, I, I muted the back of it with a little paint tape you know so it just got it wasn't quite as as thocky and it's just like oh. um but uh okay so here's what tyson watches um okay. on, on online personalities i would like to acknowledge as being very watchable accompanied by an example of their content well, I can't put all these up there. I, I don't know how to work the internet. Uh, Emily Hopkins modular synth scares me, so I learned how to use it. So this is a video where Emily Hopkins learns how to play a synthesizer. A lot of great, great musicians um, who might not perform live, but they perform in an entertaining way uh, online. And I yeah. find that fan-frickin-tastic. Uh, yeah. yeah. And... Yes, I, I think it's an absolutely valid form of expression. All these things are, especially. The keyboarders. Simon the Magpie. Expensive gear won't improve your music. Okay, so, uh, yeah. 
gear is a big thing. I, I like to I like to buy cheap gadgets, as you know. Um, I, I bought um, a very cheap um, stereo, and I love it. It sounds so good. Uh, I, I, it was like um, 80 bucks for the amplifier. Like, I love it. It sounds great. Um, look, mono computer, the Furby organ. So this person, I've seen this video before, took a, a, several Furbies and tuned each one so they all play a different note and created an organ out of them. I love stuff like that. I love that sort of DIY um, uh, mentality. There's Colin Furs who, who like dug a huge tunnel underneath his house um, so he could connect his house, uh, his garage to his back shed. That's it. Um, and you watch it and you're like, I could watch this for hours. And sorry, uh, um, James Cameron, um, this is real. Um, audio pills, bad gear, Roland, worst group. I, I, I don't know what that is. Audio pills, so you can look it up. It's specifically his bad gear series. So this is apparently looks like uh, somebody who's shitting on a bunch of um, uh, synthesizers, okay? And then bonus, okay, go, needing, getting official video. Um, okay, go, that's uh, Bill Watterson has done one of their videos. Uh, it might oh, really? Be, yeah, it might, be, it might be that. Uh, but uh, yeah, he went, they, one of them went to Brown um, and uh, Bill. Oh, Brown. Brown. Yeah. And they do, they have managed to, to leverage YouTube to, to, highlight their band they make they make good music they make great videos and great videos yeah uh doodle chaos moyun official um and and dancing barons tdr explorer andrew huang uh rob scallon uh, guitarist i think uh true oh andrew huang he's the guy who does like he's this canadian guy who um who does like uh an album in a day um he'll record uh -huh. a whole album um, kind of like uh, instant films, but for a whole album, and that's pretty cool. Uh, True Cuckoo, Emmy made, Bow Beats. I don't know who these people are. Defunkland, um, yeah. And, and everybody should also tune into Tyson stuff. He he is a huge creator. He does um, a lot of game videos. He um, he's always producing content. So look up Tyson Saner uh, online as well, and he has a store that uh, my Redbubble store. All right, there you go. So, um, all right, there we go. But do you have anything to add to the the content world? Like, because you have some, you are somebody who's always been creating content. Yeah, I haven't been lately. Yeah, so you've always been writing books. You've always been making movies, directing plays. Uh, there's this digital world out there that I don't think you've taken full advantage of, even though you've, you did uh, oh, the game well, show. I. Here's the thing: is that I, I uh, don't have. Uh, I think I've said this before, but if I had another life to live, then I would spend it playing video games, because I haven't had enough time in my life to play video games, um, and uh, I do not have enough time in my life to get into social media because I have uh, like three different things that I want to write right now. Right, right. But you, but you're true desires to play video games? 
I don't no, I, I don't I wouldn't say that because I don't do that. But I I really long the the thing is I don't I'm not good enough at video games to enjoy playing them. I don't have a system and I don't have time to get good enough. Okay. But if I had nothing else to do so John that I want to do more, I would play video games. John, I've paid off your mortgage. I've I've put in a bunch of money that you can like just live off the of the interest. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to um finish um the my writing projects. And then I'm going to play video games. Um and by the way, those three writing projects are three limericks. And then he's got to, like, he told me there were. I, I can't think of a, of a rhyme for fuck it or a book or. Uh, Silver. Doc. I have, oh, I have this okay. one. It's really funny. And I can't think of a, a rhyme for Doc. Yeah. Or Nantucket. Um, or Nantucket. Yeah. Oh, well, you know what? Keep trying, John. Uh, keep the dream alive. And. Uh, so there once was a man named Marty who really liked to party. He ate some beans. Okay, I see where this is going. No, no. And now he was really we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Wait. No, 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 not that one. He did some scenes and ate some beans and now he's really um mm, uh, ecumenical? Um no. Mm. It has to rhyme with Marty. Benevolent. Um, that doesn't really rhyme with Marty. It's it, not. Uh, it's not like a uh, what do they call it? A feminine rhyme kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I, you know, we we can revisit that. Uh, but say that you figure out those two really like um, worrisome uh, uh, limericks. What game would you play? Uh, I would play um, Call of Duty. Okay. I I I really always like first person shooters, and I hear that's really good. So I would play Call of Duty. Um, I might. Uh, yeah. So that's. I used to play uh, Quake back like twenty years ago. I used to play Unreal. That was my game. Yeah. So this is I I was playing Quake at uh, work when I was working at Sony Online. After work was done, we had a we played on the network, and uh, and that was I, I I always sort of long for that time. Yeah, back in the day, like at the Veronica Mars um, writers' room, they used to play Call of Duty all the time. Yeah, and they would just be like, "Are we done? All right, let's play play." And they would, I, and I I've never played it. It looks great. Yeah, so that that's sort of what I like to do, and then there's some other games, you know, like. Uh, there's uh, like uh, Eve Online, or I don't know if that's any good, but just sort of the large, the large space games, um, unlimited world space games that exist. I'd like to explore those. I haven't heard any good, really good things about those, or um, you know, those are those are all things that I I would like to do someday, all right, but well, probably never will. No, because I don't I don't really want to do it that much. Uh, everybody, if you have suggestions for John. Uh, let them know that's uh, Sylvain that's just BBB. The games that I should play that I never will. That'd yeah. be great. That's yeah, Sylvain BBB on 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 the Twitter. Uh, there's some there's some great games. I mean, Cyberpunk 2077 is supposed to be really good. Yeah, uh, Last of Us. Well, I was thinking of the the big the the open world video like uh, sci-fi video games. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's that one. Ah, I forget the name. Uh, okay, John, do you have anything you want to plug as we work our way out of here? Not right now. Uh, all right, John, do you want to give me a hug? I haven't had time to finish all my projects because I've been thinking about playing video games. All right, but we let's have a hug. Let's hug it out, John. All right, hug. I love you. I didn't feel it. Oh, yeah? Oh, now I'm feeling it. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, now I'm, oh, now I'm feeling it. Oh, yeah. John. That's right. Now John. you feel it. All right, so. Uh, How does that feel? Oh, All right. Really uncomfortable. What movie were we supposed to watch this week again? Supposed to watch Parallax View, which is uh, on View. Canopy, which Canopy. So, it's I'm going to put it on my. Yeah, it's free. I'm going to put it on my my students list of, of projects. So if you have a library card, just go to k a n o p y dot com and you can watch the Parallax View, directed by Alan Pakula, uh, starring. Um. Uh. What's it? Woodrow Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, Shirley MacLaine's brother, and uh, Warren Beatty is his name. Well, I go by Shirley MacLaine's well, brother. I just, I just, I just, it just came to me, so I said it. I wasn't I know, saying. But if you saw the poster, it says starring Shirley MacLaine's brother. Oh yeah, well that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, from 1974, I think. Uh, yeah. It's of an era. Of uh, like movies were interesting then because we were in the, we were mired in a, a, a war. There was a lot of internal strife uh, it, within the country, and that's why the Bad News Bears lost in 1975, right? 1976. Yeah, and Rocky lost in 1976. Yeah, yeah. So the, the, it was called New Hollywood, the era of New Hollywood. What happened was the studio system collapsed, and uh, and the the studios were like, "What the fuck are we gonna do?" And then in 1967, The Graduate came out and made more money than any other movie in 1967, and the studios just threw up their hands. People were watching TV. They lost all of their movie theaters in the Paramount decisions in '49, and and all the kids were watching these foreign films. And they were marching in the streets and listening to rock and roll, and they weren't going to the movies. And they're like, "Bring so on they, the losers!" So they said, "Fuck it!" And they gave all—they just gave complete control to the directors. And, and Spielberg. And there were all these film school directors like Coppola and and Spielberg and and De Palma and Pakula and uh, um, Michael Cimino, and and they went out and made some really fucking great. And Martin Scorsese, they all made really fucking great movies, and then. Uh, along came Star Wars and Close Encounters in 1977, and and then Heaven's Gate in 1980, and that was it. They said, "Fuck this! We're not going to give money to directors anymore. We're going to uh, give money to, to marketing people." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was but a... there was a period of about a decade when it was just free for all. Chinatown, uh, Network, uh, um, Butch Cass and the Sundance and then, Kid, all the and then men. Roger Towns' film of like uh, Chinatown adjacent, I think it was called. Um, Roger Towns' film, which was The Natural. Well, but before that, he did Chinatown. It was Koreatown. Roger Town made Koreatown. All right. What? No, Little Little Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Chinatown adjacent was was sufficiently non like it wasn't focusing on a, a race. So. Um, but uh, yes, LA. yeah, but oil heights, a forgotten gem is the point. 
yet. I just recently saw Chinatown, and I was not impressed. All right. On that note, uh, let us know which uh, everybody watch uh, Parallax View. See if there's uh, there are any parallels huh? with uh, what's going on today. And um, also watch uh, uh, Triangle of Sadness. Triangle of Sadness. A lot of geometry this week. And yeah. we will see you next Tuesday. Ah! Pimp fuck. I said pimp for that fuck. What? I said pimp that fuck. What? Pimp that fuck. Pimp that fuck. Pimp that fuck. been a Smodco internet production. Sip only at smodcast.com.